Welcome to the Empowered Spirit Show. This is your host, Terry Ann Hyman. I'll explore the connection to the human spirit in a way that helps to navigate your life, including crisis. I am passionate about helping you to open up to your intuition and the metaphysical world of spirit to find your confidence and your own inner guidance. Take a pause, be inspired, learn ways to show up focused, centered, and more dynamic in your everyday life. Welcome back to the Empowered Spirit Show. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining me today. This episode is being brought to you by Forecast Salon, located in Homewood, Alabama. Forecast is a hair salon on a mission to shape a movement in the beauty industry, focusing on education, fashion, and creativity. Forecast strives to train stylists with the latest in education to provide their guests with the latest trends. Follow them on Instagram at Forecast Salon or find them online with their new online store at ForecastSalon.com. And I have to say, I was just there this past weekend getting my hair done. And boy, do I feel good. Yeah, I got a gloss called Ice. Looks neat. And I got my hair trimmed up. It's been a while. It had grown. And I even got an amazing head massage through all the washings from Calvin. Amazing. Big shout out to Mert and everyone over there that makes you feel so amazing and so beautiful. So yes, check them out. As this podcast goes to air, we are coming out of the eclipse season and out of Mercury retrograde. Yay! So much intensity in the cosmos, a true reflection of what is really going on in the collective and what is going on within you. How did you process all that energy? Do you feel like you're on a roller coaster? It is easy to feel the huge swings of energy and to feel like you're even upside down or inside out. Have you lost a little faith in your path? With all that is going on, it can feel like that. It can feel a little isolating. You can feel a little lonely, maybe even fear of what's going on within you. How do you know what to do? (laughs) Where's your spirit? Who are you listening to? All of these questions can arise at this time. So I think it's a great time to create a spiritual practice, to have that practice daily that you can tune into, to ask these questions and to listen to what messages come in for you. Maybe you have a practice or maybe you've kind of gotten a little lost and off your path. I know it happens. It's happened to me many times. I've had to make over my practice, get new teachers, ask the hard questions, but It does work. Digging in, going within, sitting with yourself can be challenging, but it is possible. And if you're wondering, how do you even begin? There's so much information out there. Schedule a spiritual makeover call with me. Let's talk about how you can get started and what you need to do to set up that practice. I do have a few new openings coming up in my private mentoring, and soon I'll be opening my Energy Mastery membership again. So let's see on the call what we can do together to get you started and if my programs are a match for you. Links will be in the show notes. On today's episode, I wanted to bring on a guest, one of my teachers who I met in December in Teotihuacan. From the moment we met, she got me. She saw me and what I was moving through. Maybe you've heard me talk about this trip and the amazing shifts that occurred and the transmutation of energy that happened for me and how it shifted me to exactly where I needed to be. So let me give you a little backstory here. Back in 2012, 
when I had moved back to Birmingham from New York, I was looking for a sweat lodge community. In New York, I had had the great honor of sitting with some Lakota people and then sitting with the Shinnecock out on Southampton. And so when I came back to Birmingham, I was looking for people to sit with. And I heard of Lee McCormick. So up to Nashville, I went and I met Lee and had many lodges with him. And right that first time that I was up there, he had just come out with his book about the Dreaming House. And I'm like, oh my gosh, can I interview you? Not knowing anything, but hey, I was innocent. I was young, a little moxie from New York in me. And so he's like, sure. So we set it up and I did. I actually interviewed him and Jenny Gentry about the Dreaming House and about their book and the movie that they made. I'll put that link in there. It's funny to go back and listen. Lee's a great interviewee. He talks really great about it. And it was fun to see the growth of my podcast too. So I will put that in there. So all of that led to many years of wanting to go. I was going to go. I'm not going to go. I actually thought I was going to go to Peru this past November, do some plant medicine, but I didn't make that. And so it turned out I was going to go in December. No plant medicine, which actually was really like this beautiful gift to my own self. And yeah, it's not indigenous where we were. And Lee really honors those traditions. So what an amazing experience. And so from there is where I met my guest today, Rita Rivera Fox, who was quite instrumental in helping me move through that huge shift, life-changing experience that I went through. She saw my tears, she felt my pain, and helped me to turn this all around and to face the emotions, not in my mind, but embody them. Very powerful. In this episode, we talk about the Toltec Path, Don Miguel and the Four Agreements, Dreaming, the power we each hold, creating heaven on earth and what that means, and how you are your medicine. Before we begin, let's take a moment to pause, breathe, and set an intention for where you are right now. So wherever you are, if you can, close your eyes. Taking a nice deep inhale, breathing up the body. And exhale, bringing that breath all the way back down, calling in your energy. Inhaling up the body. And as you exhale, call in your spirit. Feel your spirit right on top of the physical body. Inhaling and exhaling, slowing down, centering, taking another deep inhale, and as you exhale, dropping into the heart, right into the deepest part of your heart, feel that connection of your spirit and the greater spirit. Know that you are known. Know that you are loved and supported. Feeling all this energy coming in around you. Taking a moment to honor where you are on this great wheel of life. See yourself standing here in this season of spring where we are. 
and the direction of the east where the sun rises each and every day. Feel the sun on your face. Feel that new inspiration opening up for your path and all the possibilities, seen or unseen. Calling in the directions to the east, the south, the west, and the north, above you, below you, right into the very center. Calling in the masters, the teachers, the archangels for joy. Calling in the crystal beings for amusement and amplification. Calling in your own spirit guides. Feel this all around you. As you go to set an intention from your heart, know and see and feel and hear all of these signs for these intentions and allow those elevated emotions, how you want to feel with these intentions. Let them radiate out from your heart all around you, setting that energy Taking another deep inhale and exhale all the way down, grounding, opening the heart, focusing the third eye, feeling centered and aligned. And as you're ready, blinking the eyes open, coming back. So my guest today is Rita Rivera Fox. She is a renowned retreat leader and spiritual mentor who inspires individuals in their quest for creating a life of true authenticity and emotional well-being by demonstrating how to create an empowering relationship between mind, body, and spirit. Rita's approach is to illuminate the dynamic interaction between belief and emotion and with greater awareness create an expanded state of consciousness that inspires living from the heart center. Her much sought after transformational teachings are a fusion of ancient shamanic wisdom and current healing modalities that transforms lives. Rita co-taught with Don Miguel Ruiz and worked closely with his mother, Sarita Vesque, a powerful Curandier faith healer, before becoming a Toltec master teacher. She apprenticed with Native American shamans, becoming a revered ceremonial leader. So let us welcome Rita to the show. Welcome, Rita. Hi, Terry. I'm so excited to have you. Yeah, so me too. honored. I know. I have so loved getting to know you over the past Nine months? Nine yeah, months? something like that, right? Yeah. 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 Well, same here, Rita. Your heart, your wisdom, your compassion has really been a godsend for me. Uh, that is for sure. And so honored to have met you. From the moment I met you, you got me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got you. You did. I saw you. I saw you. You did. You really did. And I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. So I thought I would start and just let our listeners know a little bit more about you and just kind of ask you, like, what led you to the work that you're doing? Goodness. What led me to the work I am doing? Well, obviously, um, a deep soul calling um, that was stirring 
inside of me. It took me a, a moment to figure out the form it would take, but uh, from an from an early age, I was, I guess you could say, a seeker. From from an early age, I, I, in high school, I was very into the mystic Christ, and we had a a, a group of high school students that we got to go into the woods in Colorado, into cabins with with facilitators and have these wonderful experiences of the the embodied Christ or the mystic Christ, you know, beyond all the dogma. And I um, remember you know, that being called to that kind of, of energy and experience with people, right? So immediately it was about being with people, seeking a higher state of awareness, uh, a way of looking at our our life and our our soul life, and Christ kind of was that first model of of uh, I guess personal freedom, you know, beyond the human program. Then during my first marriage, uh, we were uh, members of the Native American Church. I became a pipe carrier, a sweat lodge leader ceremonial leader in the Native American tradition for many years. That was kind of the beginning of my shamanic interests and discoveries. Um, I think what this all points to is from an early age, I was very interested in the mystery and the um, energy that can be called forward by shifting the perception then my marriage ended, and I, uh, I, as I said, I was a pipe carrier, and I put down my pipe because I had a family pipe. And I, in the tradition, you know, if you're no longer family, you put down your pipe. And I was living in Santa Fe, New Mexico. It really at a, a low point, you know, a, a, a whole cycle of my life had completed. Mm. And I was at a very low point. But as we all know, when we reach the end of something before we find the next dream, there's a very, very fertile space. At the time, I didn't realize how fertile that space was. Now, I assist people in recognizing that the death of one dream, before the new dream is created, there is this gap. And this is when we can really use our intention, understand the power that we have in our um, thinking, and of course, being able to recreate with more um, alignment from our soul level. It was at that time in Santa Fe when uh, I was at a low point that a friend invited me. Actually, I was studying tarot with her. I was in a women's circle, and she's still a dear friend. We are We've been friends now uh, over 30 years. She invited me to come to her house one evening to listen to her teacher speak. Her teacher was Don Miguel. And um, (laughs) I felt the calling. I felt the pull. And I went to the speaking engagement. And at that time, he was still very feral. He was really a shaman back then. And um, his English was not great. His energy was just something I'd never experienced before. But I understood it. 
I felt it because I'd been around some pretty powerful uh, Native American shamans. So I understood that kind of wild beyond human aspect. And that's how Miguel first showed up. That night in his class, while he was speaking, I went into a state. We could say I left my body. We could say I went into a trance state. We could say I shifted my pers- my uh, assemblage point. But the energy that he was conveying, I felt, and I really dropped my consciousness. I really dropped the human, the human frame, and um, went journeying into a place that I'd never been. So people were around me. Um, his wife at the time was very familiar with people kind of falling into these altered states after experiencing his energy. And um, he stood over me and said a few, oh, she'll, she'll be fine. Just let her dream. Just let her go. She's she's finding her way back. And that began it. That began uh, a relationship of 15, 16, 17 years from that novice seeker to actually traveling with him and co-facilitating spiritual journeys around the planet. But that night I discovered that I had a particular um, wiring, a very unique wiring. And in the Toltec tradition, it is called uh, the Nawal. And the Nawal is the energetic framework of being able to, let's say, travel in other worlds or experience other dimensions or, you know, it was the the kind of the configuration that the shamans had when they would journey for someone, right? They would slip into that Nawal energy and go there. And so though I was very confused about uh, why I lost my familiar grounded state of consciousness and kind of concerned because I was very left-brained at that time. Um, He saw it as an opportunity to take me as an apprentice and build on that um, energetic framework that he saw working inside of me. In the Toltec Toltec tradition from, I think as far back as Castaneda, they they talk about the double egg. I don't know really what that means, but it has to do with kind of being able to um, see I like, to, I like to just kind of simplify it by saying the ability to see, to have sight. So from, from there, I, I really took on a very dedicated, committed apprenticeship for quite a few years. And um, in the middle of that, and several years into it, maybe five years into it, I had a, a head injury. And... It happened at a place where we were having a a big workshop, um, lots of energy in the place. And so again, um, the opportunity to kind of go even further into seeing, that's when I first really started seeing energy itself, hearing, um, sight and Mm. Uh, Claire audience and those those kinds of things. Those were the days. That was. 
Those were the days. What year was this? Oh, let's see, my dear. Let's see. I met Miguel in 90, 1990. And that was probably 94 Hmm. when I had the head injury. So in the early 90s, yeah. yeah. So what happened was he showed me how to transition from one dream to another. Because when I had the head injury, I could no longer multitask or uh, I was at that time a, um, a crisis counselor and I could no longer function at that level. And I had to spend many months just kind of drifting, drifting through nothingness, right? Drifting through the unknown, walking around on the, in the hills in New Mexico on the medicine wheel, sitting with the elements, just in another world. And he stewarded, guided me through that to trust that on the other side, I would become something more aligned with my authenticity. And that is actually the thing that I love doing most with people is assuring them that whatever is falling away, whatever piece of your identity is loosening and not staying stable, whatever loss, oh my God, is just nothing but an opportunity. It involves great trust. It involves getting to have a relationship with the unknown, with spirit, with source. And so what I found out through all of that, that I was becoming a teacher um, from experience, not from knowledge, not from concept, but I kept taking myself into the experiences that I needed to have to become the teacher, guide, mentor, Nawal that I was to become. And I remember one workshop with Miguel out at the ranch in New Mexico. Um, I think you've interviewed my, my good friend Jenny Gentry. It was her ranch, and I lived on there for quite a few years. We, we did these workshops together. And I was sitting... He'd sent us out to dream in the Red Rocks, Don Miguel, after a particular exercise. And I'm sitting there and I'm dreaming into this desire that has risen up inside of my body. Just this huge desire. It's like my heart yearned to teach. To, to He was the only model I had, so I guess it was like, be like him, teach like him. But it was a body experience, Terry. It was like mm. my heart just blew open like this this deep yearning it was like a deep deep yearning and that was kind of the the green light like all of these experiences had led me to oh now you're now you can step through the doorway and move forward because what's guiding you is my own my own heart's desire I'm laughing too because I did just recently get the warning from you. Okay, that gap's coming. <laughs> You're in the gap. And I just heard myself say a couple times, I'm in the gap. I'm in the gap, right? Of that shift in transformation. So, yeah, I totally can understand that. And then I do, I mean, I recognize that I remember I was having that experience up there and I was crying and I was crying and trying to process. And you looked at me and you're like, bring it into the womb. You grab me, you turn me around, you're like, bring it into the womb, bring it into your body. And then that's when everything just kind of processed right in me. It was, it was very amazing. And you did 
constantly keep reminding us. You know, you know what happens. That's an example, a very clear example of the wounded healer healing herself, right? Because most of us wounded healers, which is the archetype we usually begin with in this process of serving, healing, that whatever that was, childhood trauma, needs unmet, abandonment, whatever that was that we experienced, led us to function from our mind. It wasn't safe to feel. It wasn't safe to be with our emotions. And no one taught us how to be with our emotions. They were so powerful in in our early years. And so what you exemplified, what I saw, perhaps to break it down, is Terry's having an experience of energy coming in. She's open. She requested it. We're in a powerful place, as happened in Teotihuacan in the pyramids. But look, she's staying in her head. She's she's conceptualizing. She's using what she has known in the past to be with this experience. And this, this experience has nothing to do with the past. It's totally rich in the moment. And that's when we have to jump to the other track. Two tracks, a thinking track and a feeling track. And when you are moving into these more advanced, higher states that your body, your, your soul and body are saying, yeah, we can take more, then we have to go to the body level and, and start to trust emotion, trust feeling, and rely less on thinking and conceptualizing so that's old paradigm is kind of our belief structure and our thinking and trying to figure it out and the new paradigm is allowing all of that energy and all of that emotion to move through the body that's where we get stuck is when when we were having these other experiences as children or when the wounding was occurring we agreed that it was safer out of the body. And then we forgot to change the agreement. And that's kind of in that moment, what I saw for you is that in that moment, Terry can change the agreement that she's safe in her own body and that she can start to integrate and trust this great expanse of energy. And it was. Yeah, it was that powerful. In fact, I was, you were talking there, I even wrote down like, it was, it was like an abandonment of my own soul. Like I couldn't come back around in my present state. I had so much grief going on and lost my parents and lost myself and everything and just all of the other circumstances. And there I was feeling, I had died early. I had not lived where I wanted to be and all of this, and then it just like, came right into my right into my womb. And then I started just seeing like all the colors and all the auras. And it was like, oh my God. Yeah. I remember when you I remember when you were describing to me what you were seeing. Yeah. It was very powerful. I can remember the exact spot. <sighs> me too. Yeah. And so it was, it was very powerful, but it was such a blessing that you were just there and you saw me and you turned me around. And then since we've gone on to 
you know, I've gone on to work with you and I'm very grateful for just taking that further. And yeah, in the gap or not in the gap, I guess in the gap. Yeah. Just to kind of be able to move through this now and trust those things about myself that I brought in and that yeah. healing that occurred because it was a huge healing. I mean, even still, it's not like I went away and now it's gone and oh no, what was it? What a great trip on to my next thing. No still living it still there and sometimes i even go in there at night like before i'm you know falling asleep i i go back to that room and i go back to that mystical place and i just like recapture that part of me and i just kind of hang in there and i love that feeling so yeah it is still very much a part of life you know the reason one of the reasons why teo teo and the pyramids is um so such a major part of the toltec lineage the Toltec path and I just want to add that I really don't teach the Toltec path anymore it has in, been incorporated into these other tool sets these other skill sets these other uh, wisdoms that I've, I've taken on but it still really forms like the foundation because all the pieces are there right for how to become um, a true human, or as the Toltecs say, how to create heaven on earth. That statement actually means heaven being our spirit self, our most expanded divine self, and heaven on earth, our earthly body. So that that is just a way of speaking about the divine human hmm. or being awake being awake to being um spirit and human so in in tale what that mythology offers us is that what's so powerful about it is that there is a place that was built and dedicated and um you know, really initiated as the place where men and women could come and become God, become their divine God. But all it is is uh, it's um, an, an imprint for how we do it, mm. right? I mean, every every mystery school, every divine tradition has um, a, a process by which we become our real self. We drop the false self, we drop the ego self, or not so much drop it, but learn to recognize that it is not who we really are. But the beautiful thing about Teo, it's all in this one pyramid complex. Mm. As you know, you know, we how many, how many steps, how many processes did we walk through that are all paramount to how a how a human awakens themselves. And so that that's why it's so special. Yeah, it is very special. And to be reminded of the four agreements, like it had been a while since I even really, you know, looked at that. And so in preparation, you know, reread the book and thought about it and just really bringing those, you know, four agreements, those main four agreements back into my life was very helpful as well. You know, at a time when I had been so sensitive, it's like, okay, let's, let's look at this again. Like take nothing personally. Yeah. You know where the four agreements came from? Where? They were a code of conduct. They were um, like basic tenets of shamanism. Makes mm. sense. And so uh, apparently Don Miguel's, Don Miguel's grandfather can read about it in 
Voice of Knowledge, I think, mm. which is a great book, by the way. Of all of his books, The Voice of Knowledge is the one that really breaks down this process that I'm talking about, of moving through the false self to become the true self. Mm. Anyway, his his grand his great grandfather and his and Don Miguel's mother were uh, she was a faith healer who I studied with also. But he always felt like their their whole beliefs, the shamanic beliefs, were too superstitious. There was too much superstition, mm. and he felt like one of the reasons he came into the power he did was to break them down so that the modern day person could understand those very important concepts of how reality is formed. And he was able to break it down to four simple agreements. Hmm. And in the old days, because he worked with those, you know, we were originally probably maybe 25 or 30 original apprentices. And he, he used those with us before there was ever even a thought of a book. What's funny is that did you feel this when you picked it up again? That was it spoke to you differently. Definitely spoke to me differently. Yeah, I remember way back, and it was somewhere around the early nineties. I kept always meaning to ask you this: like, I, did you ever go to and teach at the Omega Institute? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because I might have been in one of your classes because that's where I first was introduced. I remember. Was there like a circle of fire prayer, a ring of fire, or circle of fire prayer? We used to say all the time. We did several Omegas, but you were. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, you know, because I lived in New York, oh and so God. I was always doing something. Every year I made sure I did something. I kept meaning to ask you, I kept meaning to ask you, I kept looking for that prayer. And I'd found it before I went to Teo, and I must have taken it out because I could not find I have yet great to recover prayer. it again, and I had found it. Yeah, it was. It was a beautiful prayer, and I remember just stating it and stating it, yeah, over and over and reading it, yeah. But to answer your question, yeah, when I re-picked up that book and started reading it again, just the power of it and the foundation of those agreements, it was just something right. that had been missing. Yeah. It really had yeah. been. Yeah. And for me, it was so easy to just to adopt right back in. And it was like the exact thing I needed. The super sensitive soul that I am, right? Like, yeah, she needs to know, like, don't take, everybody's got their stuff to her. Don't take it personally. Just like, you know, make no assumptions and push it back over there and just be in your space. And well, the agreements we make, especially a soul, I'm going to kind of guess, I mean, knowing you energetically and knowing you in, in that place, and then subsequently these eight, nine months we've been working together, it's like that, that, you know, what, it's more of a question, like, what does it take, right, for a sensitive to move through disappointment, abandonment, pain of childhood and actually become an even greater human, a better human, right? Actually step up to service. When I started teaching, um, uh, I taught with Don Miguel for many years and then he kind of pushed me out of the nest to go teach uh, dreaming, which is the kind of, kind of the uh, the more esoteric, advanced state of the Toltec um, lineage. When he pushed me out to uh, to do that, I, um, gosh, I learned, you know, I had to I'd stand on my own two feet, which is a big one. But just the understanding of, I devoted my life, what he said to me, because he helped me so much. 
um, he said, all I ask is that you go out in service and help to awaken other people. So, you know, that's what you you do. You, you've taken on that, that mantle, right? And so when you say you're in service, right, there's takes it takes a bit of time to adjust to how does the ego respond to that calling? You know, how does the ego self move to the back seat or move to the side? You know, it's a it's a companion. You know, your, our egos are just simply our companions on this on this earth walk. But how do we learn to not lead with the ego? How do we learn to lead with this kind of wiring, this this unique wiring that we have? So all these years that we move through this is like learning to trust, right? Learning to trust that what you don't have now, like, well, I'm really, I'm really into manifesting and I understand the principles of manifestation and I understand the principles of intent and I understand the power of my word and I really want to manifest this and it's not there. That's crucial. That is like, that's the moment where you really get to dive deep and discover like the true mechanics of creation. And because you are a creator, I am a creator, we have to go through these processes of dropping, letting go of these false ways of manifesting, manifesting from the ego or manifesting from need or manifesting from greed or manifesting from helplessness or manifesting from scarcity. You know, we all know, we've all been through those types of manifesting until we arrive and go, none of that worked. What's going on? Oh, I am now getting to learn how to manifest from pure faith. So one of the, uh, you know, we are taking another tail journey in July and the subtitle of it is um you know has to do with saying to be re recovering your faith and a lot of times that's pretty esoteric people don't really understand when they hear somebody say you know come to this retreat and recover your faith no we're not we're not christian based faith in yourself as um, a powerful manifester faith in yourself as a powerful creator, faith in yourself as one with the divine. And I love that. And the way that you say it, you are the medicine. Like that is so powerful. You know, we're always like reaching out there for the medicine, but really that just brings it right back into you. You are the medicine. And yeah, I agree with you. Just like all of that, when I took on this role, it's like, you know, I made this vow to humanity back at 9-11, not even knowing what that meant. And boy, have I been on a journey. <laughs> boy, have I been the ups and downs and the ins and outs. Yeah. But that 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 happened, Terry, right? Because you felt it in your body, yeah. right? Yeah. You felt it in your heart, right? Mm -hmm. we, we answer a call of that, degree when all of our systems go yes. yeah right because it doesn't make any real logical sense so it's not really a i think i'll go do this and 
struggle for all these years. Yeah, no, I mean, Uh, I had no idea. It was just something that, you know, it was just like, it was like of ease Like, yeah, like I am taking on this vow and I became ordained. It was like, why am I doing this? This is where I'm here for. This is what I'm doing. It became, I came so passionate about it, you know, through all the ups and downs. And I still am. I still am such passionate about it. And really even more so, because I think even more so right now, just exactly. I mean, I love that topic. You are the medicine because yeah, coming within yeah. ourselves. And I saw it. I've happened to have experienced that whole idea. Like you showed me, like, bring it into you, bring it in. Right. And just that whole experience opening up. But I think it's just a powerful statement when people recognize, you know, it is within us and then finding the tools, obviously. The one thing that through all my Toltec work and experiences and the many power journeys to these sacred sites that I've been on, the one thing that I began to understand, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it like this, but it's maybe not really accurate. I'm going to say the one thing missing uh, from that great tradition, and I, I'll explain later, I don't think it's really missing, but at the time, there was very little um, information or teaching about the emotional body, okay? Mm. It was referred to as that seed of manifestation, right? Because you have to have the energetic of uh, strong feeling to manifest, or you have to have the energetic of strong feeling to break through some of those obstacles that the ego likes to present. You know, we, we need our emotional body to do this. And of course, there was a big a big piece about how we heal the wounded child. That 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 was a part of it. Um, it was actually called the medicine bag, and so it was never just called the wounded child. But it it was you know the understanding that everybody comes into this incarnation with something, you know. Um, so when when my time as a Toltec teacher came to an end, and I went on to become a dreaming teacher uh it was during that time that i don't know if i want to use the word channeled but my wisdom showed me a way to be with our to align our emotional body to purify our emotional bodies to work with our emotional bodies because within the emotions there are so many important messages and in a lot of shamanism and in a lot of kind of popular spiritual practices of the day in the early 2000s, it was a lot of kind of bypassing the emotions. You know, when I hear the word, the term spiritual bypass, all that we, all that means to me is that at the time, you didn't, I didn't, we didn't understand how important it was not to bypass the emotions, but to integrate them, to bring them to sit in this, container of awareness and and everything we were discovering to learn how to have a relationship with that feeling part of self because most wounded healers have a very painful pain and have a pain body right they have an unaddressed like no wonder i called you in (laughs) no wonder i called you in yes a super sensitive person that i am huge pain body huge and and so you know we have all these this push and 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 commitment to 
to creating powerful experiences for our clients and our 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 students and you know only to kind of be knocked back with the stuff that we haven't completed and that's part of it it's not like it's not like well when you get all your emotional ducks in order then you can go teach no that's what i thought right and and actually i found out that it's by claiming that you are going to teach or guide or show or heal or assist that your stuff comes up. So it becomes a walk with the shadow. So I became very interested in how do we integrate the shadow? How do we call the shadow forward, which is nothing but unresolved emotion. When we talk about shadow, we don't get all, we don't have to get, you know, uh, fearful or uncomfortable. We're just talking about unresolved, unmet, unloved emotions. And so that's when the work became really interesting and for me and successful. And that's still where I primarily point toward is I'm less about the mythology or the dogma of, of Toltec. I'll bring it in when I need to use it. But I'm more about, especially for women who, well, most of my clients, probably 70% of my clients are women. Just the rediscovery of the power of our womb center, the rediscovery of the power of our solar plexus. That's a whole other journey that we have when I haven't yet completed. And of course, all of these power centers that form the foundation to move up the body into these, uh, these higher chakras. What I found, I do attract uh, others like you that have somehow bypassed the lower chakras, right? And done their development, uh, third eye, crown, astral. And then when shadow hits or, or when the purification, because when we call in higher energy, right? What it does is it shed light. It sheds a light on what we haven't brought to light so it's all you're always going to eventually meet that part of self that you haven't reconciled if you're continuing to go towards light so when you know when when i hear people talk about either spiritual bypassing or new age woo woo or you know just embracing only the positive it's like okay well that's you know it is a limited version but dedicated soul will eventually find their way to their shadow material. A really dedicated seeker who wants, and I frame it like this, a dedicated seeker who wants personal freedom will always find their way to their shadow. Now what they do with it is entirely up to free will. But it is the, the pathway. It really is the pathway to um, so many words for it. Um, integration, unity, living in alignment um, when we actually bring that part along with us. Yeah. And I think at different stages in life, too, we come back around. 
Not the first time I've looked at shadows, but what a difference it made. And I also think too right now, Rita, in the consciousness of what's going on, that whole idea of the solar plexus, that personal power, especially for women, is starting to be more apparent of the healing that needs to be done. And I know that's a lot of work that you're doing with me, but I also see it. Maybe now I'm attracting those people, as you've often mentioned, but it is so predominant out there in the world at large, especially for women to really own. I remember the first time I saw this in one of my students in a dream, uh, in one of the dreaming programs is we'd really been working on the heart, right? Opening to love, uh, uh, working with fear and doubt, really, you know, working the heart chakra and the forgiveness and, and then working the womb to ground and open. But I hadn't, I, I kind of bypassed the solar plexus. I didn't really understand it. Right. And I'm watching these people have, and this was a three year program. We met once a month for a whole weekend for three years. And I went through it with Miguel first. I went through his program first and then to the East Coast and taught it to my my group there. But what I learned, what I visualized one day and looking at somebody's energy was she wasn't able to keep her heart space open because the foundational aspect of the solar plexus was not in place. So you know how that is. You know that phase of life that we go through as teachers and in the spiritual journey of Oh, it's just about love and it's just about keeping our hearts open. And and of course, there's nothing wrong with that. But then we start to perhaps judge ourselves or diminish our path because I'm still judging other people. I, I, I'm still, still fearful. I, I can't keep my heart open all the time. I can't keep my heart open to myself. What's going on? Right. And I think it has something to do with how we are in our bodies. And it has something to do with being able to feel safe, right? To feel safe enough to have an open heart in in walking in this crazy world requires that our lower chakras, our lower power centers are online and really functioning. And I think for a healer, that's imperative that they have you know, their, their base, their found, their pyramidal foundation, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm laughing at myself because I remember one of the first times we were meeting, like, okay, place your hand in your solar plex. I'm like, where is it? <laughs> I know where it is, but like, okay, where is it on me? Like, right. It was just like kind of this like awareness, like, yeah, this is exactly where the healing needs to be. And the awareness of getting familiar with it. So, yeah. I so agree with all that you've said and just really how we can open up as the wounded healer and really face deeper parts of us. I know that's what's happened for me. And I know it has lifted me into such a transformation that I'm still moving through it and I'm still opening up and I am still seeing those shifts coming in and just in all aspects of my life and just really that transmutation coming forward. And so, you know, imagine, imagine that never ends actually. Yeah, I agree. Right? Yeah. No, we just went through what this... Um full moon Scorpio eclipse it was just like amazing the energy right and so uh I have a a Friday morning meditation group the students I've worked with for many years um and we were dreaming which is like a like a meditative state and I was kind of leading them into it about this is you know this little doorway here is a 
you know, very powerful time to let go. And I, I laughed kind of inside, like, oh, I'm never going to stop letting go. You know, yeah. if, if if you are, you know, if 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 your imprint, your path, your soul's journey is one of uh, an awake human, then we're going to be constantly letting go. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. So tell us about uh, what's coming up in um, Teotihuacan this time. In Teotihuacan this time. Okay, you say that much better than I do. <laughs> we'll just call it Teo. Teo, yeah, yeah. In Teo this time, at the end of July, I've been invited to co-facilitate a journey with our friend Lee McCormick. And I'm known Lee. He, was, he came to Don Miguel group as uh, the dreaming group and that was back in the early 2000s Mm. um and that was a very rarefied moment in time with mm, not a large group of people that got to really experience uh moving through some some evolutionary kinds of of levels and i met lee there and we've been friends Mm. um ever since and He's invited me to Teo a couple of times, and it's never worked out. And my first co-facilitation with him was in December when I met you, and Lee and I determined that it was a successful partnering, and we are now doing it again at the end of July. Um, Very much looking forward to it. There's a lot of completions that are going to be happening. There's a lot of... This is a very, very very um, intentional healing journey. They all are, but this one has some very strong medicine for individual healing of the body, of the mind, and of the emotional body. Mm. Spirit doesn't need to be healed. So we don't talk about healing the spirit. Spirit is whole and complete as is. All that needs to be addressed are the obstacles that we create, either in our body, our mind, or our emotions, mm. to that state. And having said that, that state is our natural state. So when we're doing spiritual work, or we've decided that this is what our, our life is going to be about, we don't have to learn to become spiritual. We don't have to learn to become loving. We don't have to even learn to become happy. We just need to be vigilant about removing the obstacles to our divinity, to our happiness, Mm -hmm. to our love. And those obstacles come with our programming, with being, you know, in a third dimensional experience. And we're collective. We're, We're all one thing. We're all one human mind. So a lot of that egoic information, a lot of those obstacles to true self are in the air that we breathe, you know, the space that we walk in. So that's why there's a constant desire for awareness and letting go. Because we, to swim in this water, we have to take on, and we take on certain agreements. And those agreements carry us. You know, you've made, you made agreements through the rough times, through those painful times that carried you to a moment, let's say that moment in tail. And that was the moment it was time to let go of that agreement of how how you made yourself safe in the past so that you could now 
change the agreement to discover a more fulfilling way to be yourself in the world. Yeah, so true. It's so true. So we do a lot of that entail. We do a lot of recognizing the limiting agreements, the limiting beliefs, the, the small the small self that talks to us. Oh, you can't do that. Ooh, who do you, who think, do you, you think you are? Yeah. So you, I think you said when we started that it is already full. You're taking a wait list. It's pretty full and people shift around at the last. But if this journey or the process that I'm speaking about should interest you, I'm sure Terry will have access to how you can either get in touch with me or uh, Lee's organization and get on a wait list. Yeah, spiritrecovery.com. Yeah. We haven't completely capped the number. We're still kind of playing with it. And then, of course, I work with people outside of the retreat environment you know, on an individual basis. Basically, it looks like this. It's basically, it's simply life shows up and life always shows up ready to give us our next piece, right? Ready to give us our next reflection. And life is always showing up. It's just amazing. And we complain and we, you know, and we fight it and we don't want to do that piece of life. We want it to look this way. And so I think probably I would say simply the work I do is I help people recognize that what is showing up in their life is is ready to be transformed into their good. You know, I sit here and reflect because I'm thinking, okay, you know, here comes my session with Rita. Like, I don't know, everything's great. You know, and then within that doorway of, of meeting with you, like, oh yeah, here it is. Oh yeah, here it comes. And for me, something else, you know, to really work through and go through. But the work is powerful. And I know what you've showed me and just recognizing patterns and that fear and that anxiousness that I carried since COVID is like, oh my God, this is so powerful right? And it shows up in so many ways. And then the ability to release, the ability to come back to the self. Yeah. And just think that that anxiety, that anxiousness, as you say, that restlessness, that, oh, that sandpaper inside rubbing together is happening on a magnified scale, right? Humanity on a magnified scale, experiencing anxiety and uncertainty and when we really get to reframe it right that idea of oh what is happening to me and what i'm feeling like anxiety uncertainty even fear we've learned to try to fix that stuff we've learned we've learned to think our way out of something that is purely energetic And something is happening in our sensation, in the sensation in our body that is actually working for us. It's showing up for us, right? Life's uncertainties, life's losses, life's bumps, life's obstacles are for us. And all it is is a matter of learning how to meet discomfort, meet the sensations, because as soon as we start to go through life lessons, we experience energetic discomfort in the body and we flee to the mind. We flee to the mind to try to figure it out. And that's really old paradigm. New paradigm, 
you know, whatever you want to call this, the age of Aquarius, you know, the sixth sun, um, the Mayan, you know, whatever glyph we are in in the Mayan calendar year, it's all to me about the recovery, the reclamation, and the rehonoring of the emotional body as a way to move through. The rehonoring of the emotional body. Well, I am in the right place at the right time. <laughs> Margo, we are. We are. We are doing our service at the right time. We've probably been doing this before. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, Teo showed me that. You know, Teo showed me that. And Teo showed me my gifts. It just all came in right at the time that I needed it, to believe it. And, you know, even just really owning it. Even really like, yeah, who, me? Yeah, you, you. You, you can, you, you know, that emotional body is there for a reason. Yeah. One of the reasons I love working with you, you know, other than just who you are, is that I know that you are actively working with people and that th this learning is not going, you know, necessarily going to happen in, um, you know, halls of education or, you know, the kind of learning that I'm passing on to you and that you're going to pass on to your clients and students, you know, really comes from, I don't know if I've ever said it this way before. Um, I, I took one of my first journeys to Teotihuacan in 2000. We called it woman reborn. It was a woman's trip. And I remember that whole time we were there, we were talking about the birth of the feminine, the birth of the feminine, the recovery of the feminine, right? And it was all, you know, the talk. It was all, and we just, you know, played with it and had a great time and yes, did work around it. But now we're about action. We're about doing it, right? So if we really are aligning with this kind of feminine rebirth, or a feminine rebalancing or whatever terminology you want to use, then we have to go through the emotional body. The masculine paradigm is all about the mental body. And that not we're not throwing the masculine out. We're not turning away from the masculine. We are seeking a balanced state within ourselves. So what that looks like is balanced thinking, balanced feeling. The, the mind is not the master any longer. The heart, Don Miguel used to always frame it this way. The transformation of returning the heart to the master. So that the heart is the one that leads through life and the intelligence, the mind, the, the, the incredible, uh, you know, the in incredible creative aspect of our minds um, comes along as the heart leads. So masculine and feminine in balance within us. And so we start there. We just start with that. And that to me is how the feminine is getting um, rebirthed here is through each of us individually uh, really honoring feeling and really honoring uncomfortable feeling 
and letting go of all the beliefs we have about it's not safe to feel. That's the big one. As women, we were so very, you know, for you know, for so long, uh, emotion was misunderstood and given we were given a lot of false agreements about our emotional bodies. And so now we get to experience this reclamation of the wisdom that lives in the feeling body. The wisdom that lives in the feeling body. How uplifting. Mm. Yeah. Rita, we could go on and on and on. I know. It's and I'm been gonna... amazing. Thank you so much. My afternoon siesta is calling. I really yeah. loved, uh, I really loved uh, being here with you, Terry, and yeah. whatever else we have in front of us. And um, I, I just really commend you and have so much respect for the work you do. Thank you. And likewise, and so grateful to have had that opportunity to be with you and continue to working. And it is a very powerful trip and the teachings are huge and you have a big heart and lots of wisdom. So I am so honored, Rita. Thank you so much for joining us today to your spirit. Thank you, Terry. I'll see you soon. All right. I love you. Love you. Namaste. Yes. It is a very powerful time right now to learn how to harness your energy, how to process your emotions, to open up to the divine light that you are. We are the ones we have been waiting for, and together we shall raise each other up with a celebration of life. This is the message of the retreat, which is being led by Rita Rivera Fox, Holly Cook, and Lee McCormick. This retreat to the ancient city of Teo will help you reconnect with your truth within and to the practice of faith that inspires transformation. This trip is from July 27th through August 1st with the Mexico City Extension August 1 through 3. And if you can't make the retreat but ready to dive into you and need some guidance on how to get started, reach out and schedule a complimentary call with me. Now is the time to open up to your authentic self. Thanks again for listening. This is your host, Terry Ann Hyman. To your spirit, namaste. Hey, 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 two quick reminders for those in the local area. Come join us in the Energy Yoga for Witches class beginning Friday, May 5th at Ritual and Shelter. Be an empowered goddess. And come glamping or camping with us over the Memorial Day weekend. Get your feet on Mother Earth and tune into the sacred elements with teachings from the Medicine Wheel. All these events can be found on my website at terryannhyman.com. 